You know, the sun is shining. The birds are chirping. It's a summer day here in uh, Orange County where we are. And, uh, you know, it just feels like a day for doable discipleship, doesn't it, Linda? Absolutely. Any day feels like a good day for doable discipleship. Oh, I love that optimism. Any day feels like a day for doable discipleship. Uh, this is Doable Discipleship, the Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or um, as Linda's going to say in an Irish tone. I can't even do that. No. No. It's all right. The show it's, that right. helps you grow. It's the show that helps you grow. That's what we were... There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Jason. This is Linda. We're on the spiritual growth team here at Saddleback Church. And um, we, so last week, we started this little series that we're going to be doing right now on um, how to re engage relationally. How, you know, just coming out of this weird season that we've been mm-hmm. in, this year and a half of just topsy turviness. How do we re-engage with relationships that may have been put on pause, that we may not have seen people in a long time or had the deep conversations that we may have once had? And just knowing that, you know, this season has also had a lot of, um, how do we put it, uh, division and <laughs> schisms and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Just just all these things going on in the world that people have been taking sides on. It kind of seems like everybody mm-hmm. has to fall on a side. And so uh, how do we re-engage with people who, you know, we know may think differently than us and Mm -hmm. and whatnot. So so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, we encourage you to go back and listen to our intro. That was Linda and I kind of talking about um, some things that we have been doing to help with our relational re-engaging. And then uh, today we are going to be joined by uh, Pastor Aaron Crumby, AC from, uh, he is the campus pastor from Saddleback, Los Angeles. He has been on the show with us before and we're happy to have him on again to just talk about some of his personal experience with this and give us some wisdom, some insight into this topic. So uh, we will be back in just a minute with Pastor AC. AC, welcome back to Doable Discipleship. Thanks for being here. Man, thanks for having me. Of course. We're so grateful. First off, that's an LA Dodgers hat you're rocking, right? Yes, yes. Okay. I can can honestly say I haven't followed the season too closely right now. How are they doing? Um, I haven't either. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) But I heard that they've been winning. So, okay. That's good. I'll Normally, I'm like Sports Center at the end of the day, or on my phone, getting all the follow-ups. It's hard yeah. to catch it. Actually. No, me too. I know. I'm the Don't they have way. Albert Pujols now? I mean, isn't that a thing? Yes. Yes. See, okay. I knew one yeah. sports fact. I mean, let it be known. Yes. Good job, Linda. <laughs> Thank Good you. Good job, Linda. <laughs> right. right. All right, AC. So we have uh, um, asked you to come and join our conversation on reengaging relationally. You shared at um, at our staff meeting a couple of weeks ago, um, kind of a a personal story about this, and then you shared some great wisdom in this kind of line. So I was just hoping if you could share with our listeners a bit about what you shared at staff meeting and kind of how because it fits so perfectly. So, so we just love yeah. to hear from you a little bit about what you had shared. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Pastor Rick asked me to share with the staff. Um, and I had been really kind of diving into this passage of scripture um, that's very famous, you know, the, the Good Samaritan. We've read it a million times and heard a million messages on it. Um, but I think God was really dealing with me personally in this passage of scripture. And, um, and, and so kind of dissecting not just... The, the characters, not just the end of, you know, be a good Samaritan, but, but kind of the inner workings that sometimes we, we, we may overlook, um, you know, I'm sure you've probably read the good Samaritan, you know, he's, he's, uh, there's a man who gets beat up, Jewish man, he gets beat up, uh, traveling on the road, he's got three onlookers that walk by, two are, um, 
um, two are Jewish, one is a Samaritan, the two that are Jewish goes, they look, and then they pass him by. The third one, who's the Samaritan, looks and is moved by compassion and ends up serving this guy um, as he would want to be served. Um, and so I kind of shared that uh, last week. And re reading the passage, there's two big themes that comes out that I believe God wanted us to, to, um, to, to, to kind of get. The first one uh, is, is, I believe, the the answer that Jesus gave him uh, that he may not have wanted to hear. The first theme is mm -hmm. everyone is your neighbor, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there is no one that, that you can look at and go, no, you know, I, I can exclude you from what I'm called to do. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that's one of the big themes of it. Everyone is your neighbor. The second one is, I think, a little bit more nuanced and it hit home you know, with me more than, you know, the rest. And the, the, the other big theme of it was uh, be more concerned with being a neighbor than who's your neighbor. Be mm -hmm. more concerned with being a neighbor. You know, that's at the good. end, that's what Jesus tells the guy. He kind of flips it on. The guy goes to Jesus to figure out who's his neighbor so he can exclude the Samaritans because of beef that the Jews have, you know, with the Samaritans. And Jesus says, kind of flips it on him and says, hey, not only is everyone your neighbor, your job is to be concerned with being a neighbor. Uh, and that kind of stuck with me. And I shared a story about my son uh, as we were, you know, heading, doing our, our dude's day. We have a dude's day where, you know, we just go out and have fun, just me and him. And we have, we talk, uh, but we also eat really good. So <laughs> going into the place. Yeah, we go to the place and there's a guy sitting, uh, obviously, you know, homeless and sitting next to the door. We go in and order our food. We come out and, you know, we're excited, you know, to get our uh, wing stop is our favorite spot. So we mm -hmm. go. To, uh, and then the guy, you know, asked for help. Uh, I didn't. I saw him, but I didn't hear him. My son saw him, heard him, and it it broke his heart. And so he turned to me with tears in his eyes, asking me, you know, did I not hear him? Uh, it's almost like he wasn't even there. And that kind of just wrecked me um, because obviously I want to train my son uh, up in the right way and see people in here. He is teaching me, uh, mm. teaching me something. So obviously mm. we went back in and, and cared for the guy. Um, but the, the point that uh, stuck in my mind was the fact that we both saw him. And as the story reads in the Good Samaritan, all three men saw, saw the, the, the man who was beaten, uh, beaten down. Um, but only one man was moved with compassion and actually acted. Mm -hmm. uh, and the same with me and my son. We both saw him, but only my son uh, I believe saw him the way he needed to be seen mm -hmm. the way I should have mm -hmm. saw him um, and, and was really moved with compassion. And so it, uh, the, the, the crust of my, you know, talk was how we see people is not just important that we see people, but how we see people mm -hmm. matters even more. And I think that's what Jesus was trying to teach us in this, in this passage is, how we see people. We need to not just be a neighbor, but we need to see people as uh, our, our neighbor. And so um, that was kind of the, I hope that that was the synopsis you were looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I mean, when, when you gave that devotional at staff meeting, I was just, I was captivated by it. I was convicted by it, but also in the midst of planning the season, I was like, there's a connection between how we love our neighbor, how we are to be a neighbor, how we see people and how we respond to people yeah. when we disagree with them, because that comes from inside us, right? And there's sort of two sides yeah. to this. There's times when I feel really passionately about something and I'm having trouble interacting with somebody who disagrees with me. But then there's also times when somebody comes at me because I don't hold the same view that they do. But how do how does how we see people, how does how... How does being a good neighbor, the way Jesus talked about, 
how does that impact or or play with our responses to people when they disagree with us? How does that how do those two work together? Yeah, man, that's a that's a good question. Um, you know, I think if we look at the model, if we look at Jesus, um, we see him interact with a ton of different people. And I was thinking about this earlier. I'm going, I mean, he's the right comparison, right? Because we should want to be like Jesus. And at the same time, I'm going in comparison, (laughs) (laughs) our issues are almost laughable to the people who disagree with us versus, I mean, the people who disagreed with Jesus wanted him dead. (laughs) Right. And they, every chance they get, they were plotting his demise. So, so I go, (laughs) Man, he's the perfect example, obviously, but when I think in comparison to the people that I disagree with and how enraged and how how uh, you know crazy I can get based on what we're talking about, I go, it really pales in comparison to, to Jesus. <laughs> and he moves with so much tact and wisdom um, um, that we can we can totally learn, you know, learn from him. I I believe 100% a lot of the time um, we get into these, obviously right now, and I would say even the past 15, you know, 15 months, we've gotten gotten into a rhythm of, you know, how we see people almost demonizing one side versus the other. Like anyone that disagrees with Mm -hmm. you is... There is something intrinsically wrong with them and their value system, even as believers. Like, how can you believe this if you are a believer? If you believe in Jesus Christ, how can you stand for this? How can you, you know, rationalize this? Um, And I think what we see Jesus, uh, when we see Jesus interact with, with people, we often see him in two ways. One, he interacts with people um, with the bigger picture in mind. Mm, Um, And I mean, one of the the toughest ones is, you know, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and they're coming to get him. And obviously the disciples want to be the warriors at this point, like uh, the warrior clan at this point. Mm -hmm. Peter goes, cuts the guy's ear off. You're not (laughs) taking, you know you know, you're not, you're not coming against him. You're not taking him. It's not easy to cut a guy's ear off. Like it's I not, just imagine, like you got to be like, pretty precise. Pretty, yeah. I'm just thinking about that. Off. I don't know what he was going for, but like, that's <laughs> right. I mean, if he was going for the ear, that's pretty impressive. Right. Um, it's good aim. <laughs> um, but you see Peter react and then you see Jesus reacts. Mm-hmm. He picks up the ear and places it back on the man. Um, when Jesus is hanging on the cross, you have two, uh, two thieves hanging side by side. One of the guy obviously, you know, confronts the other guy as he's sharing, you know, with, with, uh, with, with Jesus. And yet Jesus sees something much deeper in the two than even, you know, they saw, you know, in themselves, Right. The, the one guy is like, hey, we're not worthy. This guy has done nothing like so, but Jesus saw something much more intrinsically valuable and in both of them. And I believe if both had the same heart, Jesus would have said the same thing to both of them. Um, and so, again, it goes back to that, that how do we see him? And Jesus would see people with a much broader picture in mind. And I think that's important for us as believers because it's the only way you can find some unity. Um, You know, we have a value here with our essential beliefs, right? Our essential beliefs, we have to be in unity. Non-sensual beliefs, non-sensual beliefs, uh, we we leave room for for conversation. There's there's liberty there or Mm -hmm. the other word we use in that. Yeah, for the essential beliefs, we value unity. For the non-essential beliefs, we value diversity. Is, yeah. is how I've heard it said. But yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it's more of we're we want to have conversations around that. 
Like yeah. there's there's room, but in all of it, whether it's essential or not, we want to show charity. We want yeah, to show sure. we, we want to show love. Uh, and, and I think around those conversations, if I'm seeing someone through the eyes of of, of God's love, that changes that changes my posture. It should change my posture. It mm-hmm. should change, you know, even even the even my motives for the conversation that I'm having. Yeah. Most of the time when there's argument, it's because, hey, you I I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> and you must, you must agree exactly with what I say. <laughs> or or there is something wrong with you. Yeah. The excommunicate. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think that's I, I think that leads because I wanted to we've been focusing a bit on kind of the other person. I want to focus first on on kind of ourselves too, and then we'll go back to kind of how we treat the other. But I wanted to kind of pose the question to you because you were just starting to bring it up a little bit. It was kind of what is going on inside of us as we, you know, become angry or get defensive or like anytime, if, if we're engaging with somebody who holds a different view and, and maybe we're the ones that are starting to get all upset and twisted inside, yeah. what would you say is, is kind of happening in us? Why is that happening? What's the crux behind that that's going on, would you say? Man, I think there are layers and layers there <laughs> um, to unpack. Um, you know, again, I, I mean, I think it's a myriad of things from experiences, mm-hmm. uh, to our worldview, um, you know, to how we were raised. Um, you know, I, I think what we, what, what we saw modeled to us mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, I think there's a, a, a lot of things that we have to personally, put into check. Um, Mm -hmm. And I believe, I mean, David, we see David talk a lot about this as he, he's asking God, you know, to to cleanse my heart. He's asking God to search my heart. He, he's kind of, you know, he, he's in the old Testament, but he's in this relationship with God as if he, if he's in the new Testament. Um, um, and, And I, I think, a lot of it has to do with, with that. I mean, we can talk about our sin nature. We can talk about our depravity. We can talk about uh, the fact that we have been first and foremost in our lives since we were kids. Mm-hmm. And, and as believers, the Bible says for us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, meaning there, there's some type of transformation that has to happen because of where we you know, because of what, where we've been raised, because of the things that have been kind of placed in us and practiced to us, um, that we get this, you know, we get this, this, this craziness that comes up to where we, we can't even be civil, um, as we, you know, discuss things that are, you know, obviously of importance to us. Uh, and so I think there's a myriad of things going on that puts us in that, in that boxing rink of emotions as we share, you know, our views. I think even as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about how scary it can be sometimes to look in that mirror and to ask God those questions, you know, and to say, okay, God, show me. Cause sometimes like <laughs> we don't really want to see what he's going to show us, you know, yeah. cause it just, it reveals sometimes it's pride. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's just ignorance and it's, it's scary because, a lot, I mean, in order to do something different, we're going to have to let him do that work in us. And that, that can be so, it can be painful yeah. to realize yeah. kind of where we're at, but, but we want to, we want to love like Jesus. We want to follow his example. And we certainly can't do that on our own. Um, I was thinking about too, just sort of moving into the next question. It's like, when Jesus, you know, you talked a lot about how Jesus saw the big picture but he also knew the value of the people in front of him. And it wasn't based on what they said or what they, you know, what they believed. It was because of, of their innate value. Can talk a little bit about looking at people for who they are, not 
for what they yeah. think. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, let me first say that it's not all, it's not easy. Um, for sure. Uh, it's not easy. Um, but I believe as believers, knowing that God loves, he loves those he created. And I think when we think of that as believers, we can sometimes kind of categorize us, categorize us as those he's created and everybody else is kind of outside of that box. But we can put a period on that. God loves those he created, period. period. And because of that, obviously we have, we're, in a, we're in a space where he's given us grace so that because of how much he loves us, so that we can be with him forever. He, he, he's created this space um, so that no matter where you're, you're coming from, no matter what you've done, you have the ability to be in relationship with him. And I think, yes, the, 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 you know, the bigger picture is you know, God loves everybody. So of course we should treat everybody. But again, you know, we can take that at the, you know, that, that high level, but at the intrinsic level is that level of dignity where we say God created everybody. So um, that verse, love your neighbor, which he says is the greatest commandment is like the first is how you put it, that you should love your neighbor as yourself, because that intrinsic value that we hold uh, God cares about it. It puts the value on us. And so when I, when I slash out or I, you know, I, I, I devalue, I bring the value, I bring less value to the person who I'm, you know, I'm in conversation with when I don't Mm -hmm. think in that mind of you're not only loved by God, but you are valued by him. Absolutely. And, And what he's created, what he's put in you, Uh, what you bring to the table, he cares about. And I Mm -hmm. need to care about it just as much because uh, just as he's given me a purpose, uh, you know, in this world, he's also given, you know, those who I may disagree with uh, a purpose. So it it is the, the overarching God loves everybody. So we must, you know, treat him in that way. And at the same time, he also values us um, That's really because of key. what he's placed in us. And I need to see no matter what color you are, no matter what nationality you are, I need to see you first as loved and valued by God. And if I can, if, if I can posture myself in that way, we can have any type of conversation hmm. and, and our hearts towards one another, or, and I'll put this on myself, um, we can have any conversation. And at the end of the day, my prayer is that because of those two things, you feel the love, regardless to whether I agree or disagree with you, Right. you feel, you feel the love that I have for you and the value I have for you as a person. That's so Im- important because I think what's one of these traps that I think we continue to fall into, especially over the myriad of things that have been going on the last 15, you know, last year and a half (laughs) is Mm -hmm. the tendency to just lump people into a group and just assume that the person is just been, you know, essentially brainwashed by groupthink one way or another, right? There are people on one side who would just assume all these people, you know, if you think one thing, then you probably think all these other things about the other. And in the same is true vice versa and so it's so so we it's it, it's, it's just this creation of two camps pretty much and you're either on one side or the other and if you think one way on one thing then you probably are that way with everything else and you don't know what you're talking about you know all you do is you know re-speak the things that you, you know it's just kind of like it, yeah. there's all these assumptions made as you're just focusing on the group and and there's and then there's this conversation around this idea of the narrative. Oh, oh, you're just falling in line, you know, falling into this narrative trap. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, one way or another. And, you know, it's so, but everything that you just said about, about reminding ourselves the importance of the individual that we're talking about individual relationships, you do not have a relationship with a group. You have relationship with an individual, a series of individuals. Yes. And each relationship that you have with an individual is different than the relationship you have with any other individual. It is unique. Well, you know, um, there's a, there's, there is a, a space where, um, again, we need to posture ourselves to understand, to, to, to be able to hear and be able to understand people as well. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. I think we have the ability, and myself included, we have the ability to cast judgment on people based on <clears throat> certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it goes back to you know that visual of, and I would say it's not just the the visual of how we see people uh, visually, but it's also how we see people in context of mm-hmm. you know life pretty mm-hmm. much you know I go back to my example with me and my son you know walking out and seeing him you know as I look on hindsight I I can say you know I saw him but I saw him in the context of somebody else's problem mm-hmm. right I, I saw him but I saw him as you know, what I'm about to do is more important than, you know, his needs right now. You know, I can, I can, I can make that, you know, I can make that assumption based on my actions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my son saw him as someone in need. My son saw him as someone just as valuable or I have not more valuable than what we were about to do at that, at that mm. moment in time. And I think about everything that has transpired transpired in the last, you know, uh, 15 months. And I go, um, at some point, you know, even referencing George Floyd's death, at some point, more people begin to see mm-hmm. what, what, what's actually been happening as more important than their previous views on situations. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? uh a a global outbreak or global outburst of outrage based on what what was seen it wasn't just the visual it was people deciding that that what's happening right there is more important than what how i've viewed things over the years or my comfortability of being silent or on the sideline that right there has disturbed something that has laid dormant that I've been able to suppress or I've been able to overlook or I've been able to uh, sideline something, something happened. And then I, I believe, man, if we could, and I want to just focus on the church because I believe Mm -hmm. that's where it has Mm -hmm. to start. If the church, if the church can be uh, a, 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 a body that actually work functions, you know, uh, scriptures talk about us being a body. And a lot of times we, we want to be the body, but we don't want to function like a body. Mm -hmm. Um, if you ever slammed your toe, (laughs) try to cook eggs while you slam, try to try to write, write a paragraph when you slam your other hand into, (laughs) into the door, your body shuts down and everything does whatever it can to soothe this part whether it's jumping your legs will jump you will fall <laughs> up into a ball you will do whatever you can to 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 come to the aid of the part of the body that's hurting and i think that's a just a perfect i mean god said it because it's a perfect metaphor for how the church should operate now I taking myself out of the church and looking at something that functions that way, I can see why the early church 
grew daily. I can see why they were uh, loved by the community around them that wasn't a part of them because they moved in such a way that says um, everyone was valued, everyone was loved uh, to a level of um, uh, where it just it, it it didn't only bring the best out of the people, it bought the bought the best out of the group that makes mm. it. And, mm-hmm. and, and it was contagious for people on the out, outside. So if the church itself could find, okay, what does that look like for us when, when one part of the body uh, uh, um, hurts to be able to attend to it, to be mm-hmm. able to, wait a minute, I, you know, I don't understand it all, but they're hurting. I don't understand it all, but our, the, the the black community is hurting in our churches. And, and what does it look like for us to come to their to their aid? What does it look like for us to bring support? What does it look like for us to, you know, you know, to be there for them? Um, I think that's the I believe that's where we need to go. If if we're gonna make the if we're gonna make the impact that we need to make in the world is first, if the church is going to make the impact that it needs to make in the world, it first has to start in the church. And we have to begin to move in that way so that um, the, the world can see an example, not based on, you know, the, the, the mysticism of things, but practical care, practical love, practical we value you. Yeah, that does not mean that we all all agree. Uh, as I was reading through the Book of Acts, the early church, I did not see where they were all in alignment on everything mm-hmm. that they did. <laughs> Quite the opposite. <laughs> I was looking for that because I said that's that's what it seems like. <laughs> you know, we need to be in order to you know to move as one, but it didn't say that. And Mm-mm. so I, I, I think there is a way for us, but it needs to start with the church to really begin to see one another the way God has called us to, to see one another. There's a verse yeah. um, that really speaks to the, to the foundation of this. Uh, and it says not to look to your own interests, but to the interest mm-hmm. of others. Mm-hmm. If, if, if that is the, the truth, then when we do see people hurting, when we do see that there is this disparity, this injustice, we can't sit back as believers. We 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 can't sit back and and not not act or not use our voice. Um, we, we we must engage. Um, and I say that because I mean I know we're in a very comfortable space. And you guys can butt in anytime because I'm kind of. That's good stuff. <laughs> but, but I know we're in a, uh, a, you know, just an interesting time right now. Uh, but I think, man, it is, it, it's, it needs to be something that we put at the forefront uh, in this season, because I believe the world is looking for it. Yeah. And they're trying to find it in all these other different um, different spaces in these other different organizations and all these other, and the church has the answer. I would say, you know, the, the church has the answer and everybody else is taking bits and pieces of it, but we have the, the complete package that will give the world exactly what they've been, been looking for. And we become contagious again. Yeah, it starts with relationship. It goes back to at the heart of it is 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 how we view God, how we view others, how we view ourselves. And if we're getting back to the heart of relationships, which is exactly what you were just talking about, it's seeing people relationally through these eyes. Yeah. And in and that's what we've been talking about in this series, talking about reengaging relationally. How, how, like, how do we? do that how do we enter back into an arena in an arena that is so important and vital when we're coming out of this season of kind of a forced isolation or a different kind of isolation than what we have been in the past it's kind of it's important to realize that we need to 
rethink about it and just be aware, be cognizant, be you know of of how we are doing that, of the steps that we are taking. So. Uh, I wanted to to start to wrap this up by focusing on kind of some practical, some doable things that that um, people can do to think about how they are re-engaging relationally. So, 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 AC, what is kind of some some sort of practical, some doable advice that you may have to help people begin to move toward a more Christ-like response to people who disagree with you or people who you may know that you think differently than what is, or, or maybe who come at me because I, I, I disagree with them. Like what are some practical things, you know, that people can start to think about and start to implement as they re-engage relationally? Yeah. <clears throat> Um, that's a good question, man. I think, and this is some things that I've been really trying to, um, really trying to work on and be intentional about. Um, one is uh, really hearing what people say, but also listening to their pain. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. You know, I, I think sometimes we can just hear people, we can hear what they're saying and we can go, no, that is, that's not biblical. That's not <laughs> judging every word they say. And we're not listening to the pain that's behind the words that they are sharing. That's um, really good. Uh, and so listen to the, listen for the pain because that's, that is a opportunity to minister. That's an opportunity yeah. to show the love of Christ. Um, you know, if you want to be led by the Holy spirit in that moment, um, mm-hmm. listen for their pain because maybe the next move is not to share your, uh, your point of view. Maybe the next move is to actually get to know them, which I think is scary for people because if I get to know you, I may see that you are not as different <laughs> as I am. And, and a lot of my assumptions may disappear, but you know, we can be stubborn, <laughs> now, but we don't want to get to know you because I like being where I am. So, so I would say, you know, not only hear what people are saying, but listen to their pain. Um, um, and and uh, even even what I was just, you know, just saying, be careful how you respond mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. In, in, in conversations. Um, this is a, we were, actually, we were just having a, team meeting and the team was like, you know, this is a superpower for you. And I'm like, no, it's not a superpower for me. <laughs> we were talking about this very topic. I'm like, it's not as it's hard. And mm-hmm. you know, on another episode, I can tell you how God kind of took me through some things to, mm. to uh, yeah. make me think through this, but, you know, be careful how you respond. Um, you want to keep, you can have a disagreement with keeping someone's dignity intact right on. Uh, yeah you know, and, and you, you you never want to violate that in a in a conversation uh that you're having uh that we see happen so often yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's so true i wanted to i wanted to go back briefly to what you were saying about about the pain listening to yeah. people's pain because i think what can be uh so easy for us is to, you know, see the, you know, the anger or the sad, you know, or whatever's on the surface and then just peace out. Right. And then just say, you know, this is, you know, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. And, but what you, what you were saying about listening to people's pain in that you, you know, as you get to truly know the person, another element to what you were saying is that, is, is that you, will be or should or have to give your invested time and energy then into that mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm. And so so the encouragement I wanted to add on to that is don't be afraid of the investment. Investment mm-hmm. in relationships is uh, a good true. thing. Yep. Um yep. so it, it, like I, I've seen I've seen Pastor Tom do this very well well you know, a person will be asking a question and it's usually a pointed question. It's usually trying to get at something <laughs> and he's very good at 
knowing like that's not what's really going on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, you know, let, I think there's, I think there's something going on deeper than the, and you really just, yep. it's, it's show, it, it, as you talked about the layers, it's really peeling back those layers yeah. to really get to what's going on. I think that's, that's such a great point. It's not something yeah. that we touched on last week. And so I'm really glad that you brought it up. Well, I think, you know, MLK, Martin Luther King, yeah. Jr., uh, he has a famous quote that says, you know, rioting is the cry, is the voice of the unheard. Mm. Uh, and so while people look at it and they go, you know, how can you burn buildings and how can you? And he goes, it's the voice of the unheard. Uh, and I think sometimes we can go, well, th that's no excuse. But as you just said, if you actually invested in, in relationship and time actually with people that you may disagree with, you'll find that you may, you may agree yeah. with that statement when you fully understand, um, um, you know, what, what's happening. You know, another point that I've tried to make is really seek to understand. Um, and again, it goes back to your investing time with people. It takes time to understand yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what's actually happening. You know, sometimes people voice their opinion based on or they come to their own conclusion based on what they see on TV mm -hmm. or what they hear from a talking head or yeah. you know, what they read in the news or on, you know, TMZ. Uh, <laughs> and, and I would say, hey, if you actually want to know the, you know, what's what's going on and what's happening get into some relationship with the people that you may disagree with mm -hmm. because I think you, it, it doesn't mean that you're going to change your view and now you're going to think like them. Um, but what it does is it brings humanity into the, to the uh, equation. That's, that's such a great point. And I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, because yeah. you do not have relationships, true relationships with talking heads. No, you do not have relationships with the people that you listen to, you know, or, or read from or whatever, but you can have genuine relationships with the people in your, you know, in your arena, in your life, in your, so, yeah. so if you, there are people who, 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 you know, think differently than you or have different views than you have those, you know, like have those relationships with them, invest in that so that you can understand what they, you know, what they actually think and believe in why, as opposed to just listening to somebody, you know, who, you know, 15 minute clip. Exactly. Or, yeah. Because, because the trick is that they're going to say, you know, exaggerated things to get you to click. So, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I mean, click let's bait. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when everything kind of went, went down and you had all these different organizational names, you know, Black Lives Matter was, was a name. Um, it almost seemed like people were more comfortable with their position, kind of bringing the, the conversation to what we disagree with than what we can actually agree on and what we can, you know, link arms with and begin to, you know, attend to the pain, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, let's not talk about the fact that there are people hurting and there is injustice. Let's talk about an organization. Um, you know, we right now, the big thing is critical race theory and in schools. It's like, let's not let's not really dive into why there is an outcry for, you know, diversity in terms of what's being shared about history. Let's attack critical race theory. And regardless of whether you agree or disagree with critical race theory, that's not the main point. And again, I think when you have invested time with people, you don't even give two seconds to what is this big, uh, you know, this big debate that's taking over, that's causing confusion. You're, you're, ground, you're on the ground level. You wanna hear the hearts of the people uh, of, of what's actually happening and what's actually going on um, so that you can actually make a decision for yourself about what's, you know, what's happening versus going, 
oh, I heard this or I saw this. So, you know, this is my stance. So I'm making my whole argument based off of what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing. And, and I haven't had any real connected conversations with people concerning the, you know, the issues that we see in the big, in the big space or, or on the big billboards of, of our, you know, our culture. Uh, we, we need to have, see those conversations, but we need to be at a, a very lower level in terms of how we discuss those. And relation, through relationship, you get to see the heart of it. Doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. It doesn't mean that we, at the end, we have to be linked in agreement with what's happening. But if I can leave the conversation knowing that you care about me, mm-hmm. right. and you can leave the conversation knowing that I care about you, we can move forward. We can move forward in spite of our disagreements, right? I love that. Um, and I think that's something that we we have to we we have to bring into uh, into consideration. And again, I, this is for the church. Like, yeah, <laughs> we as right. the church can can really understand and get this, man. It 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 will again, you know, bring our witness to new heights. When it comes to these things, that's great. I, yeah. So, so to wrap up right now, I, I just want to reiterate the focus on care and on mm-hmm. on on love and on looking at, at at and responding to people's pain. Right. Yeah. It's it, this whole conversation that we just had right now. AC started with you sharing a story of seeing a person, but not necessarily seeing their pain. Mm-hmm. And, and how that affected you and has brought you back into this place of, okay, I need to be intentionally looking for people's pain. And as we're talking about reengaging relationships, and if you, if there are relationships that, that, you know, or that you're just having some issues with that, there's this division, the strife that we started the episode by talking about. Yeah. Just understand that there may be some pain that is going on mm-hmm. and, you know, and knowing and, and, and not wanting to forget the things we talked about last week about the, uh, about the boundaries, about the trust building, all that stuff, but knowing that ultimately what you want to be able to get back to is a place of, of, Hey, like, I, I know that you have these views and these opinions. I'm just, I, I, I'd love to get to the why behind it. I've just, I, I want to help, help me know you better, help me love you better by yeah. telling me, you know, and just having, having that investment of what yeah. we were just talking about. Well, well, I mean, just to kind of sum up what you're, you're saying yeah. you know, in life, um, a lot of times we get tricked by the symptoms mm-hmm. and we That's focus good. on the symptoms of what's actually going on. Yeah. And I think we, you know, of the, of the pain, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on those symptoms. They'll distract us and we'll, we'll try and deal with those. Uh, but that only, again, that causes all kind of other issues. Uh, but when you can get to the root, when you can go, okay, yeah. You know, you get somebody who's very passionate and maybe angry and they're, you know, they're just projecting that on you that's kind of the symptom of maybe something that has happened that goes much deeper that only through relationship, only through listening to that pain, do you stop and go, my response needs to be different. Um, um, So so that we can, we can work at that level to really seek to understand one another uh, and come to a place where there can be, I will say uh, a healing on both sides not necessarily agreement, but healing on both sides. There can be a greater level of dignity on both sides. I mean, I would say you, you, you kind of need people in your life that you may not agree with. Yeah. Uh, um, it's okay. Cause sometimes you, you know, you, you may have something that you're not perfectly clear on that that person kind of challenges you and that, you know, if you walk in a space where everybody agrees with you and on everything and everybody has to agree with you, um, you know, that just, I think that sets you up for failure yeah. in the long run. So mm-hmm. definitely, definitely agree. But AC, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing with us. We really, 
uh, honestly, everything that you had shared in staff meeting had stuck with us. And, and so to have you come back on and kind of unpack it a little bit more and to enter into um, uh, the conversation that we've been having. And, and honestly, it's kind of been this ongoing conversation for the last year and a half that we've just kind of been <laughs> able to, you know, yeah. to have in, in different ways because it's so important. So, so we're just very grateful for you to join us again. I'm sure we'll, I'd love to have you back on at some point to talk about what you were just talking about, how God kind of hit you over the head yeah, and it has been changing. Yeah. has been changing maybe we can learn you from you things. so yeah well no i mean i think this is so right on time for you all to be diving into this because i think it's a conversation that we need to continue to have that eases the tension of not having conversations yeah um <laughs> no we just don't want to talk about it we want to and it's like we could, we can overcome this. If we embrace the tension, the enemy wants us to think that, Hey, it's better if we separate, it's better if we, we, you know, this is how yeah. you keep the peace. You separate and you don't talk about it. Well, you know, our pastor taught an awesome message on being peacemakers mm -hmm. right. and peacemakers right. have to engage the tension. You, you have to engage what may be, ailing or you know i like to say you know you, you have to engage the tension and become kind of a bridge over what separates us so that we can have a conversation uh about that so i'm i'm thankful that you guys are starting these conversations and, and i hope we continue to you know continue to do that as yeah. our church our staff as as the church as a whole yeah mm -hmm. to really become unified yeah, uh, I think that's super important. The world is is yearning for unity. And Absolutely, we have the answer. So that's great. That's great. Awesome. Well, thank you, AC. Really appreciate it, Linda. We, uh, you and I, will be back on next week uh, for our, our final part of this specific type of conversation with Pastor Todd Oltoff. So, guys, we love you. We uh, pray for you always, and we uh, are looking forward to being back with you again next Tuesday. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode thanks again for tuning in to doable discipleship i'm jason whelan and i hope you'll join us again next week